0: What's up everyone and welcome to Roots of Humanity, a podcast that celebrates the beautiful people and culture of our world. My name is Drew Binsky. I'm a world traveler and content creator who has spent the past 12 years traveling to all 197 countries in the world. In today's podcast, San Francisco attorney Chelsea Davis tells me what it's like to not know your ancestral roots due to the transatlantic slave trade. With a fast-growing Instagram sharing epic stories and useful travel tips, Chelsea has visited more than 69 countries in just a short time after quitting her job.
1: If you have the opportunity to travel and you really want to go, just go. Don't wait on anybody. You'll be fine if you go solo. I'm a huge solo advocate.
0: She talks about her goal to become the youngest Black woman to visit every country in the world and gives us her honest view on safety as a Black woman solo traveler. From bribing scams and best airlines to budget tips and the business side of travel content creation, this down-to-earth conversation ends with the realization that travel is an education. Despite the loneliness it may bring, it is the most empowering thing that you can possibly do for yourself. Thanks for tuning in and let's get into it. Hi, Chelsea. Thank you so much for joining me today. Where in the world are you?
1: I am currently in Sofia, Bulgaria. Hey, Drew, nice to finally talk to you.
0: Sofia, Bulgaria. When I was there in 2015, I was on the end of a Euro trip and I got super sick, so I didn't have the best time. So hopefully it's a little bit more fun for you.
1: Yeah, I hope so too. I'll be here for a week um, and I have a lot of exciting things planned, so... Yeah, I'm excited.
0: So your Instagram is really cool. It's filled with some epic travel shots. It seems like by the country ticker, you're trying to do every country, right? So how did that dream start?
1: So I knew I wanted to go everywhere when I started to travel solo, around 2017. Before that, I didn't know what, I, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. But once I saw how empowering it is, the thrill that I get from it, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to stop. So that's really when it started. I got the travel bug bad.
0: I can relate on pretty much all levels. I like what you said, um, I didn't know what I didn't know. That was a good line because like you really, once you start traveling, you just realize how epic it is and how much you want to keep going and how little that you've seen of the world when you keep going. You're like, wait, but there's more, there's more. That's really exciting. What's your timeline for finishing and how many countries, what are you at right now?
1: So I'm currently at 69 and to complete all well it depends on how you count them um, 195 or 193 or 197 possibly in the next two to three years there's two other uh black women who have actually visited to all the un countries so i could be the youngest if i complete it before 35 so maybe i can complete it by 31 or 32. and i'm currently 29 my birthday was three days ago
0: happy birthday that's pretty great Thank you. um 29 wow so what were you doing like where did you go to college and walk me through the last like 10 years of your life <laughs>
1: So I went to UCLA for undergrad, go Bruins. And I, yeah, I studied political science and African-American studies. And then I took a, year, a gap year. Uh, so I was working in Sacramento, uh, the capital of California for a year as a legislative um, advocate. And then I applied to law school. So you know, following that trajectory of policy, advocacy, and law, and I got accepted into Berkeley. And so I was there for three years.
0: When you were in law school, did you ever think you would go like travel so much?
1: I traveled every single break I could get. So that's the good thing about being in school. You get summer break, winter break, you know, and uh, holiday break. So yeah, every single break I had, I was traveling to a new country. I was taking full advantage.
0: That's amazing. So it seems like 69 countries, if I recall, when I was at 69 is what actually when I met Deanna, my, my girlfriend at the time, now wife. You haven't dipped your toes too much in the danger zones yet, have you?
1: No, I have not. I haven't gotten to the more difficult countries yet
0: you know those are some of my favorite places when i when i'm say those i'm talking about afghanistan yemen libya the ones who are currently either at war or lots of political instability or just difficult to enter uh in terms of getting visa and planning logistics so are you excited for those countries and please let me know when you're going so i can Give you some pointers.
1: I am excited. Um, I do think that the media has a way of kinda just painting a picture and, and for those particular countries a negative picture. So it would be nice to go and see for myself. An example would be Nicaragua. That's one of my top favorite countries I've visited. And, you know, before I went, everyone was like, oh, it's unsafe, you know, you shouldn't go, but going there, I mean, the people were so friendly, the food was delicious, so many um, day trips that I went on, uh, landscapes are beautiful, so I just feel like, you know, for certain places, you have to find out how it will be yourself, and you'll see how the people are just the same.
0: It's funny, like everybody who travels or travels a lot will have the same kind of realizations about how everybody's the same and how the world is safer than you think. So it's just music to my ears to hear you say these things because I'm usually trying to preach these things. This podcast is it's called Roots of Humanity. And so every guest that I bring on, we kind of do a deep dive into cultural identity because it's a fascinating topic. And you know, because I have been to every country, I can kind of relate to a lot of different backgrounds or places or countries, cultures, ethnicities. So have you ever done one of those tests where you can see your ancestry?
1: Yeah, I did Ancestry DNA.
0: What are the results?
1: So I'm about... 43% Nigerian. Um, the other, uh, like 26% Cameroon or no, s- excuse me, Congo, Congolese, um, Bantu peoples. And the rest are like, you know, 6% Irish and, um, you know, just like 1%, 1% of other countries.
0: So 46% Nigerian. That's super cool. Did you ever think about your Nigerian roots or how has that kind of become a part of your everyday life?
1: No, because uh, one thing about many African Americans, we don't know our ancestry because of the trans- transatlantic slave trade. So, my ancestors were taken, um, according to ancestry DNA, to um, Virginia, Arkansas, and Mississippi. So, I can trace my family roots there, but I didn't know where my ancestors were from until I took the DNA test. But yeah, I would be curious to know exactly where, what tribe my family was from and uh, be able to pinpoint that location so I can actually visit.
0: Where have you been on the African continent?
1: So only three countries, uh, Morocco, Senegal, and the Gambia.
0: Yeah, Africa, it's a beast of a continent. I mean, you have 55 countries, they're all pretty big except for the Gambia. (laughs) Most of them are huge. Mm -hmm. And so you wanna spend four months in every country, but that's just impossible or you would never get done. So it's kind of hard to pick and choose which countries to stay longer. Also like it's fun, but it can be a nightmare at points, just to figure out how to get from point A to point B and also visas. So yeah, like Nigeria, as an example, like my first time trying to go, I got denied the visa. And then the second time I tried to go, the e-visa came out and so then like a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend gave me a contact. And then I like messaged this random person who's still in my phone as like Nigerian visa person. And then they were able to get me like an e-visa. It's crazy, things change all the time, especially after COVID, you know, the the situation's change. but what's your next approach for Africa? Like, are you gonna just do one country at a time or are you gonna kind of just like say, okay, I'm gonna spend the next two months in West Africa?
1: So, and I've really been thinking hard about this. And what I've learned is that having a French passport is very useful. So... A joke is that I just need to marry a French guy to get French citizenship. But I have a good friend who is, has been to most of the countries there. I'm encouraging her to write a book. So my plan now is to read her book and then just follow her path around Africa because she did it solo.
0: It is intimidating actually to talk about because there's just so many countries. In Europe, you could probably do the whole continent in like two months and like really feel like you actually went to every place, but in Africa it's impossible. When you do go to Nigeria, what are you excited for to go to, to go to Nigeria or what are you not excited for?
1: I'll start off with what I'm not excited for. It's that because it's a stereotype of it being a difficult country to navigate, I will bring up bribing. I have been warned by many people who have visited how much of a problem that is so i would definitely want to go with someone who knows their way around and then once that happens yeah i just can't wait to eat the local food do different tours uh and just you know just relax and just take it all in being on the motherland and being where my ancestors are from and yeah just embracing the cultural immersion
0: if you can you should try to go up north where i did not go i really wanted to go but there's a town called kano I think it's the second biggest city in Nigeria, but it's a it's it's a predominantly Muslim region because, you know, Nigeria, like Ghana, Nigeria split like the southern half is mostly Christian and the northern half is mostly Muslim. So I think it would be fascinating for you to kind of see. I mean, Lagos is just a big, busy city and it's it's really hectic. I don't know if you've been told about Lagos. Just that market is like absolutely insane. It's just so crowded And yes, lots of bribery and all that stuff. But if you can go up north, like in Ghana, I went up north and it was a totally different experience and they dress differently, they act differently, they speak different languages. So I think that would be kind of something cool for you to see. And let me know if you are able to make it up there because I'm trying to go back actually to, uh, to Nigeria. I think it's the most populous country in all of Africa and it's not even near the biggest. Did you know that?
1: No, I didn't. Wow.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the most populous country in Africa compared to the size of like Sudan or Algeria. It's not even close. So let me know when you're there and, and, and we'll be in touch, of course. Um, and also, like that part of West Africa, I recommend to do by car. I mean, if you're going to go west of Nigeria on the same trip, you should do it by car because um, a lot of the borders are pretty close. You know, you can get to like Liberia, Sierra Leone, Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, and then uh, Senegal and Gambia, which sounds like you've already been to Senegal and Gambia, but and ivory coast too. By car, it's more of an adventure. And it's also like, it's a little bit easier. You just hire a driver because all those domestic flights, a lot of them go through Lome, Togo, because that's where the, um, the hub is. So you're going to have to always like go to Togo and then go back out. That's just my two cents. Are you just traveling right now on the earnings that you've made all those two years of practicing law? Tell me about kind of your strategy for how you're funding everything and like kind of your approach to Instagram as a profession.
1: Yeah, I've been saving since I was young and I didn't know what I would spend my money on. And my family would ask me, when are you gonna start spending that money you've been saving up for years and years, you know, from little jobs here and there. Uh, And I was like, I don't know, I haven't found something I wanna spend it on. And then it wasn't until I was, what, like 23 years old, I was like, I'm gonna spend my money all on travel, on, on experiences, what I wanna spend my money on. So I saved up around, you know, 7K from there. And then I pulled in more money from like driving Uber when I was um, in college and in law school. So just side jobs is where I was pulling a lot of my money. And then once I saved up, you know, 15000 I was like, okay, this is a good amount to do um, budget travel. And I estimated it would be, it would last me around eight months. So it, that's around 60 to $70 a day. That's ambitious. I have so far, I'm kind of on budget. I have not checked this past month, so I have to see. But yeah, it, it just depends where I travel. Like in Europe now, well, Eastern Europe, it's more affordable. So as long as I keep on traveling you know, to uh, less expensive countries, I'll stay on budget. So that's my plan until the rest of the year is um, to stay on budget.
0: That's super inspiring to hear that you traveled on 60 bucks a day because I think it's possible. And I did that from age 21 until 24. I kind of traveled on like 50 to $70 a day. And so, you know, in the US right now, you can't even fill half of a car tank for 60 bucks. I mean, if you go to, you know, dinner, it's for sure going to be at least 60 bucks. Uh, So it's pretty cool to hear that Right now, it's still more or less possible to do it on a a shoestring budget. Do you have any advice for like beginner travelers that just want to travel on a tight budget?
1: Yeah, I mean, just be open uh, to hostels, I would say. Shared accommodations, shared driving situations, public transportation. That's a good way to lower costs. I know people who are like, I would never do this, this and this, but... You know, I would say just try it at least once and see how you like it. I know that even if my budget was over a 100000 I would still be staying in shared accommodation as a solo woman traveler just so I can meet people. I've met people from around the world. We've done trips together. And even though I'm traveling alone, I certainly don't feel alone. So I guess that would be my best piece of advice if you're a solo beginner traveler is to um, be open to meeting others.
0: Yeah, absolutely you never get lonely as a solo traveler you're always with other people
1: i would say the only time i get lonely is when i'm at beach destinations i kind of just is like i feel like it's more it could be more romantic location but other than that you know i it's very easy for me to connect with other travelers like as soon as i land in a new airport even here in sofia like i took the night bus from bucharest Sophia six and a half hour bus and I met a girl on the bus and now we're going to go on a tour later today so it's it just you know it just happens pretty easy
0: it's so funny that you say beaches are boring because I like don't I I don't like beaches I really don't I go there (laughs) for like 10 minutes and I'm like okay I get it you want to sit outside in the sun all day first of all I have red hair I don't do good in the sun and second of all, there's no like cultural things happening. There's no people to meet on a beach. And so I'm just really not a fan of beaches. I'm, I'm happy to, I'm really happy to hear you say that. Everybody's like, I just want to go travel to the Maldives and sit on the beach all day. When I went to the Maldives, it was on Ramadan and it's a Muslim country. So I went to like a local island. It was also my birthday. And I spent the whole time in the Maldives on this local island with like 5,000 people, you know, having Ramadan fasting dinners with them and like learning about their life. That sounds more interesting to you, right? Than just sitting on the beach.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that.
0: After Europe, do you have a plan?
1: So after Europe, I'm gonna go back home. I need to get my foundation together as far as get my my website more active, actually apply to get my LLC. And so, you know, the business part of travel content creation, I need to get together. And then after that, um, I wanna go to South America in August and September. Chile, Argentina, Brazil, Bolivia. What's your
0: approach to um, turning this into a profitable career? Are you are you are you trying to go more Instagram brand sponsor route or YouTube ad route? Or what's kind of your thought process on that?
1: So I would like to go the um, Instagram brand partnership and blogger route. I'm finding that the more I can offer the better, of course. Video is just not my forte yet. I know that's where a lot of the money is, but I just, having a hard time working on that. So I would just stick to writing, which I like to do, photography and, you know, just promoting my brand on social media platforms. And it's been going well so far.
0: Yeah, you make a good point. Like being in front of a camera all the time is not for everyone. So as much as I always say like, oh, you know, it's easy, just, you know, start making videos and be consistent. Not everybody is comfortable in that, in that regard. So it is important to know like, yeah, to be a YouTuber, it's just a lot of um, showing your face and always being happy and, and also like always being willing to be, to be on camera is a hard thing. Also shooting yourself in public can feel weird sometimes like walking around a main square, filming yourself. People look at you weird. So you kind of like get over that hump. It's refreshing to see that you're still gonna kind of go the blogger route. Cause that's kind of, that's what I did in 2013, uh, 14, 15. I was more of a blogger. And then I kind of transformed into a video creator when I started making videos. but no, I mean, it all started from Prague when I studied abroad there. And, and I read something that you also uh, lived in Prague for a bit. So tell me about your experience with uh, with Prague.
1: Yeah, so once I, I was enrolled in uh, law school during the time, and I once I found that they had an exchange program where I could work abroad for three months for a school credit, I was like, okay, Prague is central. I've been there before. That would be the perfect place. And so I was applying to different human rights, nonprofit orgs, got accepted with Amnesty International on their research team so i was working with them for three months and then i had a visa problem it wasn't processing time and as you know americans can only stay in the schengen zone visa free for up to three months and so i was like okay i want to stay in europe i'm just going to have to figure out where i'm going to go outside of this zone and that's where my solo journey traveled i traveled to croatia bosnia montenegro bali scotland you, you know ireland places outside that zone so i can continue to stay um on the continent so yeah I, I was very happy to be based in prague to do to, you know just like a five minute bus ride i'll be in a different country um but also flights are so much cheaper in europe like those low-cost airlines ryanair EasyJet. like you know i just felt like this is an affordable way to travel
0: yeah it's crazy prague is literally my foundation you can see it I'm on the wall behind me that's like prague and that's Seoul. Mm-hmm. those are the two cities that i lived in that kind of started everything so it's kind of cool to hear that prague at least contributed to your travel bug what are some of your uh goals in content creation like what are you trying to accomplish what message are you trying to spend how many african americans have visited every country or black people in general there's a couple right
1: uh there's a couple i know for women it's been two one of which has been documented jessica nabongo Yes. So I don't know about males. I'm not sure about that. So very few have traveled to every single country. And what inspires me is just seeing um, people of color see the world outside of what they're used to um, and have those same experiences that other people get to um, and be exposed to different, um, you know, foods and cultures and, you know, just really, you uh, get to see the world. Like, I think there's so many people that have the dream to go beyond their expectations and have that that vision of, um, you know, of new everything. And I feel so privileged to be able to, to do it, especially at my age. So yeah, I just, I would say because I'm tra- traveling mostly solo, um, that's the largest group that I inspire are solo women travelers. There's barriers in place for women when we travel to certain places. And so just being able to be open and honest about some of the issues I face and still being able to do it, um, that's amazing to me.
0: That's really cool that you kind of lead the way for women and, and uh, people of color. That That's so cool because unfortunately in this space, it's mostly white men. I don't know what the numbers are, but... There's somewhere between 250 and 350 people to visit every country is the estimate that have actually been every country. And I would guess 90% of them are white males. That's my estimation just from being in this space. So it's really inspiring to to hear your story and how you're kind of leading the way for another group of people. I get questions a lot about like women, from women, from females. They're like, oh, but you couldn't do it as a solo female traveler. I'm like, I can't speak because I'm not a female, but I do know a lot of solo female travelers Um, some who have been to every country, some who just travel solo independently, and they do it really well. So that's something that you can speak to as well, right? I mean, talk about safety as a solo woman traveler.
1: Yeah. So as far as safety, um, there are certain countries that you should look out for. You definitely need to research, especially when it comes to like clothing requirements and certain Muslim uh, dominant countries, you know, you want to have your shoulders covered and, you know, no short skirts or shorts or anything, no matter how hot it is. There are certain places where it's not best to walk alone at night. And I can speak as as a black woman, there are certain countries that view Black women more as uh, sexual objects, um, are very sexualized culturally. So that's just something to look out for and just be honest about You know the way that you look, how would you be viewed and portrayed in these certain countries? And I don't want it to be put in a place where it's fear-mongering, it's more so just awareness I think is key. I actually did a reel on that on a few countries that I just would not travel to solo. And I got a lot of positive feedback from sharing my, my views on it. And so I just want to continue to uh, be transparent about common issues that uh, women of color face while traveling um, to certain countries.
0: I think that's fantastic that you brought that up. Do you mind sharing the, what those countries were, or at least the regions?
1: Yes. So Morocco, which i um, one of the few countries in Africa I've been to, I did a group trip and purposely because I did not, want to travel solo there the mm-hmm. cat calling is very well known especially if you don't have a male companion that's the same for egypt certain cities in brazil not all of brazil but touristy cities maybe like rio de janeiro you know where the intention could be strong and as well as like just you know petty theft that's something to look out for like with any country but um that's just mm-hmm. one of the cities where uh, i was warned as well as india
0: those are the ones that i had pinpointed in my mind all of them what about prague i don't know if it was jessica who had problems or do you know another traveler named gloria glow
1: glow graphics yeah mm-hmm.
0: i don't know if it was her but one of the african-american female solo travelers had a lot of problems in prague with racism did you feel anything in prague
1: i didn't and i would check my privilege there because i'm an um, african-american and so i would assume people thought i was there to teach now if i was an african immigrant or you know Another group, I would think that they would have a different experience, but because they thought, "Oh, okay, she's American. She's probably just here to teach. No one really um, bothered me. I didn't get any, you know, no one said anything negative. I didn't get any weird type of stares. I like that people didn't ask me for a photo because I have experienced that in Asia and actually in Central America as well. So I felt completely safe, taking public transportation, walking at night in Prague.
0: That's really good to hear. But I guess my point to what you just said was, or my my response would be like, if you're not talking, they don't know that you're African-American. You only have to like meet them to talk to them and they might assume that you're a teacher. So you didn't get any weird stares or anything. I'm asking you because in Prague specifically, I've heard uh, some of my other black friends that have told me that, but it sounds like everything was fine in Prague.
1: Yeah, everything was fine with me. Yeah. That's
0: really good to hear. Also, yeah, in parts of like, china and korea i mean i taught english in korea in a small village but they had never seen red hair before so i would literally be stopped like everywhere for pictures but i had a uh, i had another english teacher friend named david who was from nigeria and he would get stopped like everywhere for photos and they would like want to touch his skin have you been to any eastern asian countries
1: no i've only been to thailand and indonesia and maldives those are the only three asian countries i've been to
0: yeah once you get to like japan and china and korea i think it's it's all good attention though they're just like amazed and they like want to get a photo so i mean even me too i just learned to embrace it like, like they've never seen red hair so they would come up to me and like touch my hair and so it all comes from a, a positive place you know it's not Nothing to be alarmed about. But no, I appreciate you being open to chat about this stuff with me because, you know, it can potentially be sensitive. And But I think it's important, you know, you serve as a role model for a lot of others who look up to doing what you're doing. So that's really, really inspiring. So is that kind of your mission to, to help other, you know, solo uh, female travelers as well as people of color? Are, are you just trying to prove to them that travel is okay, that it's safer than you think, that you can do it, don't be scared? Is that kind of your motto?
1: Yes, in addition to Making the point that travel is very educational. I'm a huge academic person, so I was always very studious, but actually being out there in the world, I have learned the most. And so I really think that if everyone had the opportunity to travel, then I think the world would be a better place. You know, there would be less division, um, less, you know, misperceptions about other people. So I think travel is a great way to unify people. Across the world.
0: I always say travel is the best education I've ever had and so if more people traveled and more people would be understanding of other cultures, they would be more open minded, and they would just have more context about other peoples and cultures and, and how the world works. And that's why I'm a huge advocate for travel, not just for me to show people the world through YouTube, but for people to actually go themselves, because they'll come back to their home country, as more well rounded people. That's kind of my one of my main missions and doing everything I do. So that's really cool to see someone who shares the same passions and goals. Is there any other kind of advice or things that you wanna share with people, travelers?
1: Yes, if you have the opportunity to travel and you really wanna go, just go. Don't wait on anybody. You'll be fine if you go solo. I'm a huge solo advocate. It would be life-changing, so that would be my biggest piece of advice. Don't wait on anybody if you have to.
0: I love it, you can see the words on my chest. I might- my, my Just brand go, is oh, just love go. it. <laughs> That's yeah a perfect that's the my brand. <laughs> I tell people just go. that's just like the yeah. best piece of advice that you could possibly give you know do you agree that it always like works out mm-hmm. in the end? like it always works out any situation you're in always in mean, worst worst case you get like kidnapped. <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm all, that's always been a a worry of mine but no, the world is a lot safer than you think and People are generally nice and they're, they wanna help you out. So Chelsea, where can people find you on social media?
1: You can find me on my Instagram at ChelseaDoesTravel and you can also find me on TikTok at ChelseaDoesTravel. And once I have my website active, Chelsea Does travel, um, dot com, That So um, please look out for me on those different um, platforms.
0: Perfect, so it's been really great to hear your story and what drives you to travel and kind of the mission that you're trying to spread and i wish you the best of luck you're at 69 right now next time we chat you'll be 70s 80s 90s and uh all the fun countries are ahead of you you know in my in my opinion like you know europe's great and all but once you get into central africa south sudan like some of those countries and and then east you know ethiopia somalia those countries are beautiful in and out it's a blast you have a lot of adrenaline you will always find the good out of people you know even when you go to yemen which in my opinion, is the most dangerous country to visit as a tourist, you still will come out of there like so enriched and like you'll learn so much about the people there. And I want to do it all over again. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of on my way. So I wish you the best of luck. Reach out to me if you ever have questions, if you need contacts of countries or, you know, questions about logistics. I live and breathe this stuff. Yeah. A- any final words of wisdom to, to everybody in the world?
1: just thank you drew for having me um and i appreciate the time and if anyone else listening in has questions feel please feel free to message me um and i look forward to um staying in touch thank you chelsea talk soon okay thank you Bye bye
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. If you feel inspired by this conversation, please share it with somebody who would enjoy listening. And if you're here for the first time, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to leave a review. Every week, I'm going to be looking through them and highlighting my favorite one. And with that all being said, I will see you guys next week.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Sandwich.